Hello, and welcome to Tech Champagne, a wealth expansion podcast designed to help you turn simple ideas into major impact and big revenue. I'm Elisa Wilcox, and I've spent the last 11 years helping women entrepreneurs build six and seven figure businesses with simple systems and automation. I'm here to guide you and give you my exact strategies for money, marketing, and automated business growth so you can create the life and business you truly desire. The income level you really want is well within your reach. Let's do this together. Hello, and welcome back to Tech Champagne. I'm Elisa Purdy, your host. And today I'm here with a very special guest. Her name is Katie Grimes. She is a business coach and has been an online business owner since 2019. And I've been following you online for a while. I'm so excited. So welcome, Katie. Thanks. I'm pumped to be here. Yeah, it's going to be fun. We have a lot of the same people in our worlds. We have the same attorney, the same online business manager, maybe some other people. I don't know. Possible. I know. Possibly. I know that's the only thing we got to in the first two minutes of talking. Oh, we already have the same team. This is wonderful. <laughs> I love it. I'm excited to hear about how your business started. Let's start there. We had started like any nightmare would. <laughs> you know, I don't know what do people call it, the dark night of the soul. I feel like backtrack quite a few years. I think it's important to share what happened years before, before the actual business happened, which is I got into an abusive relationship, which I didn't know was abusive at the time. It was very lifetime special movie-esque, like beautiful girl meets beautiful man and they fall madly in love. And I didn't realize that I was dating an alcoholic codependent narcissist and I was exhibiting some of those traits as well. During that time, I really started to get mentorship and sponsorship through 12-step recovery to really understand that, oh, I'm not addicted to alcohol. I'm addicted to men who are chaotic and confusing. And I know I say that joking and laughing right now, but it plays a huge role into my business and how I started the business, which is I was doing the same shit in my corporate jobs. I was working in Boston, Massachusetts. I worked in finance for a couple of years. I worked in information management. I was an assistant here, there, and everywhere. And I was just constantly changing jobs and just always felt like I have a bigger purpose in this life, but I have no idea. And people would tell me that I have great energy. They would tell me that I'm great at sales, but I was never in a sales role because I didn't want to be 100% commission. <laughs> and I just wanted to be able to travel the world. And I also really loved connecting people who I love and admire and think that they would love and admire the person that I know. And I also wanted to create my own flexible schedule. And so I knew that those were kind of qualities and characteristics, but I had no idea how to make a career out of that. So I avoided it at all costs. And I just wrote it in my journal about what I wanted in 2017. And apparently, a friend reminded me of this recently, that I started talking about it. That I want to start a podcast someday. And I want to have all these characteristics come together and start a job. And But the whole, during the time, I was working in commercial real estate in Boston and a horrific like couple of years happened. So like I started that job in 2015, went through one bad breakup after another. Was Even though I decided to stop drinking because I assumed maybe that was the reason why I was getting into these bad relationships. Turns out it's not, again, not an alcoholic, just really like guys who are like inconsistent and familiar. And I started to recognize that I was dating my mom who suffers from alcoholism. And so I decided to get sober. I decided to create an event with a coworker, and we created this sober event where women would come together, we would work out. 
And we started this company that ended up being huge over three years. And because I didn't know Natalie Cuglisi, our attorney, (laughs) and inevitably, that was the same year that I, it was 2018, I had three family members pass away. I had been raped and assaulted after taking a break from dating for a year and a half. I was just about to get back out there and really been doing some great work through 12-step recovery to understand my addiction to relationships. And why is it that I kept getting into one relationship after another just like so unfulfilling? Like I'm a, gr- I'm a great person and I have a lot of love to give. And what I didn't realize is I just so desperately wanted to be loved. And so I would take scraps from friends or bosses or the wrong guys and inevitably what happened was 2019 came along my grandmother passes away and just before that my boss says we gotta let you go you violated some rule 529 of this contract which wasn't true and he says we're gonna let you go and now mind you i just come back from short term leave from ptsd and i was just like at that point i was like where do i sign get me out of here they give me my full bonus. They pay me my vacation that's left over. And I'm sitting at the beach. I'm in a relationship. And my boyfriend says to me, you need to figure out if you're going to go back to corporate. Because at this point, word had gotten around town and I was already being recruited from other firms. So not that bad of an employee. And I sat on the beach that day and I looked at how much money I had. And truth be told, across all the assets, I had in retirement 150000 And I had, and this was age 35, and I had... 20 grand in various different accounts. And I was like, if I just touch the 20 grand, I'll be all right for six months. Maybe a year. Had a big trip to Croatia coming up that was like already planned. And I was like, I'm just going to go. I'm going to go on this trip. I'm going to start my own business. And ultimately ended up calling those contacts who were requesting me to come work for them. And I said, so I'm starting a business. I don't know who I help or what I do yet. But if you know of anybody who's been dealing with some similar stuff that I have, whether it's grief, whether it's starting a scene or going from a company, hit me up. And I don't know, big guy was listening upstairs because the woman at the nail salon, I started talking to, oh, I love your nail color. And she says, oh, I'm the innovation leader for Wellesley College here in Boston, Massachusetts, the same school that Hillary Rodham Clinton went to. Would you like to come give a presentation and a talk about trying to find yourself? And I was like, Yes, I would. Wow. I need $100. And then took that same talk and went to a couple different corporations and asked them if they would be willing to hire me. And from there, asked friends and family and former coworkers. I made a list, a spreadsheet of people I knew and just started slowly reaching out to them and asking them to hang out and go to coffee and catch up. And it wasn't manipulative. It was just more, what's new with you? Let me tell you what's going on with me. And I got my first client, $3,000 for three months. I felt like that was so much. But her company paid for it. We wanted to help her figure out whether she was going to stay or go from the company and become a leader. So that's it in a nutshell, but it evolved into way more than that. (laughs) I love the hustle. I love the hustle. And I also, I want to acknowledge you sharing things that are deeply personal. And I really appreciate you being so open here. Thanks. Yeah, that's a lot of loss and trauma and a lot of loss and trauma for such a short period of time. And this, our bodies can only handle so much. So I appreciate that. But yeah, I think I talk about it so cavalier because 
there was just so much deep healing work that was happening around that time. Group therapy, 12-step recovery, working with my mentor. It's ultimately what projected me into, I'm actually like, he's a horrible person and I know he's hurting. That's why he hurt me, but I'll never forget his lawyer said something like, hopefully this period of time will be really healing to the both of you. And I remember thinking, what an odd use of the word like healing. And it hit me. It always has. If that event did not occur, would I be where I am today? Because what happened was it like punched me so hard in the gut, in the face, in the back. Like I had to stop abruptly and go, who am I hanging out with? Am I happy? Do I want to continue living in Boston? Do I even like what I'm doing? Like it's, it made me consider every aspect of my life and ultimately made huge life-changing decisions in a very short period of time. And I know this might not be easy for some to hear, but I'm like actually quite grateful because one, I had the foundation of having done some quite a bit of mental health work prior to that in my own and hiring people. So I had the foundation to know that bad shit's going to happen. It's how it's not about being strong and being like, I'm okay and I'm independent. I literally called everybody I knew and was like, I'm a fucking mess and I can't do this on my own. And I can't even do it when the anniversary comes around. I need help. And I think that was the first time that I stopped being so fiercely independent and pretend like I was okay and had my shit together. And it really was an advantageous skill set that I adapted to now use in my business. And it's ultimately why I became a coach. was because I had all these amazing people, some whom I hired, some who I didn't, that I was like, everyone should have someone like this in their life. Yes. There should be someone who helped craft text messages when you feel very emotional towards your parent. <laughs> I love that. A texting coach. Right? Right? I would like a texting coach. It's like, there should be someone I can call when I just feel like I'm eating my feeling. Mm-hmm. I said that to my coach recently. What are you doing? I'm just going to say hi. I said, oh, I'm just eating my feelings. I just said, oh, you are. Chocolate's great right now. Or just want to tell you or put it down and tell me what's going on. I was like, yeah, sure. Ah. You'd be like, no, I don't. I'm good. <laughs> I'm oh, this is great. I think people really need to hear this, Katie, because I, I think there's this facade with Instagram. There was, especially Instagram was like, oh, my God, I started this business and now I make a billion dollars. And it was so easy. And it's no. Thanks for Chris. Kristen, our business manager, and I were like, passive income is not passive. There. <laughs> that happens behind the scenes. Yeah. And I've like literally cried myself to sleep being like, if I could just sell this one course. And it's then one person buys and you're like, one person. But then it was like one person. Totally. Oh, I learned that years ago. I celebrate every tiny, tiny and big, all the things. I celebrate all of it. But yeah, I have been, it's a roller coaster. This is the journey that we're on. I stopped caring. Like I started, I stopped caring about there only being one person that signs up. And now I like promote it. I'm like, oh, this person signed up. Or even to my private clients, because they get access to all my live courses. I'm always like, oh, it's just you and me today. Yeah. I love that. Because one, it's really advantageous for them because they get so much quality time. But in yeah. the same breath, it's preparing them to know there are other people that are going to be coming into our world. And so take all the time you can for me in this hour or wherever we're doing. But yeah, I just feel like having a coach and having somebody who was not showed up for me when they said they could. And if they couldn't, they let me know, right? Or let me know. 
They wouldn't judge, shame, and criticize me. And they would keep what we said between us. And I feel like those are foundations that my mentor was teaching me. And she said, she's like, you're going to get healthy enough. You're going to stop being in addictive relationships. You're going to stop caring what other people think of you somewhat more so in your 40s. And you will like, literally want to, I need you to do this for other people. That's my gift to you. Like, I will give this to you, but you have to give it to other people. And so I started doing that for free for a very long time in 12-step recovery because that's part of the program. You learn how to get some experience, strength, and hope, and then you teach it to other people. And I was like, wait a minute, this is a career. This is, And I really battled with that at the beginning because here I had learned all this advice for free and these tools and techniques. And who was I to then charge for it? That was a big one for me. Because eventually what happened is I had to put a suit jacket on to go into this corporation and I, it was so tight and I was just like, I don't want to wear clothes that are so uncomfortable. I don't want to do corporate. I don't want to do corporate anymore. And all of a sudden, I just had this realization of I've been privately dealing with my addictive behaviors in romantic relationships. What if I start talking about the year and a half I took off from dating? And what did I learn about myself? And then what are the horrific things that happen during, after, to just show that like life is going to happen even when you are on this healing journey and you're always going to be healing, right? And as someone who is a recovering perfectionist, is a recovering codependent, caring so much about what other people think of me, like that first year was really tough as a new business owner because like I said, who am I to charge for this when I got all this knowledge for free? What ended up happening was... I started taking Amanda Francis's podcast. She had yeah. horses, a now client, but she was a friend at the time. We're still friends, but her friend then was like, you got to check out Amanda because your beliefs around money are what's going to hold you back in your business. And then another friend was like, have you ever considered hiring a business coach? And the business coach at the time, Ashley Gordon, she was five grand. And I was like, five grand? Do I know Ashley? Another friend. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ashley. She's the best. It's five grand. Oh my God. And I didn't know, but Ashley just started out as well. She just seemed like she so had her shit together. And I remember I did a VIP weekend with her eventually, like year two into three, I think. And she was like, I was like, God, I just have you on this pedestal that you're like so perfect and you have like your shit together. And so she's like, I can't wait to spend the weekend with you so that you can see I'm just human. And she really was. It was like, so we had so much fun, but it was like, Really, that first year, I think, is why I teach and spend so much time on my social media talking about that is because that first year. It's a doozy. It's a doozy. Yeah, and it comes from chaos. It's okay. It's okay to change your mind and change your direction and make a pivot if you want to. Stop speaking to you. Like, It's okay. It's all evolving all the time. I thrive in chaos. Used to. Now the only chaos I watch is the Kardashians. That first year is chaos. And if you have grown up with any sort of dysfunction in your life, chaos can be quite common and familiar and comforting and soothing. And that first year was spent really understanding my money mentality and really getting good at charging, being okay with charging the prices I was charging, which was around $1,000. And I was overgiving so much and I was burning out and just was really struggling. That second year was really more focused on, okay, I now am okay charging prices. How do I build courses, online programs that can continue to bring in revenue 
And that was a whole nother beast. Like that, I know that's your bread and butter. Like I was tough for me that first year. Cause I don't know about you, but I kept changing everything. The color is blue. The color is pink. The uh, uh, oh, same. But it's like, there was so much tweaking that was happening. Oh yeah. Me too. Oh my God. I didn't have branding done until year 10 of my business. There was no brand. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. It's great. It's a great bonus. But people get really stuck behind branding, website, logo. It's no, just do the work. Just sign the clients. Don't hide behind that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I think you and I talked about this right before we recording is I have clients now who come to me and they're in their first year, meaning that they're thinking about starting or they're actually in their first year. And they'll be like, I don't know. I like, I don't know if I have enough experience or enough education. And I'm like, okay, that usually tells me that you lack confidence, which is normal, right? Yes. Because yes. Like, how can you not? You've never done this before. But if you focus on just getting clients without actually having an offer or having a business idea or any of the logistics of setting up, of course you're going to feel insecure about going out and getting clients. And so I'm always like, are you cool if we just get clients second, but first we set everything up? And they're like, oh my, you just watch like their shoulders drop like massively away from their ears. Like, oh my God, that would be so helpful. And I think you asked me earlier too, like about the pivot of my business. Okay, so I pivoted multiple times. I could not figure out my title in the first year to save my life, even so much in the second year. And I started to pick up on that clients were dubbing me a relationship and dating coach. And over there, right. that's what I thought too. Yeah, I'm just gonna call myself that because I don't. I was like, I had every title in the book, and and a girlfriend said to me, "I don't even know what you do," and I'm like, "If you don't know what I do, <laughs> you are so involved in what I do." Like, <laughs> I need to clarify. And so the business started to glow up during COVID because I was focusing. People were not dating and focusing on that and focusing on getting to know themselves and trust themselves better. And I really ran with that for until August 1st of 2022 and had a lot of success. I want to say, you know, I think the business grew over like $350,000 just in those first three-ish going on four years. Amazing. And it's crazy to think about because like my mom was like, oh my God, you're like, so you're going to buy a house. And I was like, oh no, like I literally spent it on education. Yeah. <laughs> I have a slew of medical bills from all the stress that I caused myself, and I don't have much to show for it. And that is something that I really talk very candidly about on social media and with privately with clients. It's because if I could go back and do it differently again, those first couple of years, I would stop stressing the fuck out. I would have just gotten like a part-time job and really taken the pressure off with money because I felt like I didn't... Did you feel like those? Like, I feel like I was doing everything I could around money, but yet, like the clients weren't really coming in, and they yeah. were, but not enough. I was seeing these other client or Instagram coaches like blowing up, and I was like, "What's wrong with me? What am I doing right?" That's actually a great point because the comparison that we feel when we see Instagram, there are certainly a lot of coaches making a lot of money. I love it. I'm here for all of that. We just. Don't I'm here for it. I do, we just don't know the whole story for everyone. You know, we, we don't. And I'm not asking to see anyone's numbers or any of that, but it can really have a negative impact on people who are just trying to figure it out and 
are like, God, how come I can't do it the way she does? Like you mentioned, Amanda Francis. I watched that woman's Instagram story and I'm like, I would love a house like that. How come I don't have, I sell courses like crazy. I have one-on-one clients like crazy. How come? And then I have to turn it off and be like, because I'm me. I'm not Amanda Francis. I'm myself. I'm fabulous. And there's a lot of comparison. I think that it adds a level of frustration that as entrepreneurs, we have enough. (laughs) We don't need to be creating more. We're our harshest critics. And especially for myself, as I mentioned earlier, like big part of what I teach is about how we show up in business, how we show up in relationship to other people is often a product of how we grew up. Like, who did we learn this from? Right. And so I'm, I grew up being my harshest critic. I was the one who was putting way more pressure on myself than anyone else was. And so when I do watch the Amanda's of the world or some of these women who are making a ton of money, and I agree with you, there are people who are lying about how much they're making. And I know that because I've had close sources say, don't worry, I'm on the back end. I know that's not true. And I'm like, oh, thank you. Or I learned that somebody I really value and want to mentor someday gets very anxious and controlling before she launches. Sorry for rather. And, <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. Okay, that makes me kind of, it humanizes the experience. And so I just found that like, you're right, sometimes I just have to turn it off because I will compare myself to other people. And I think the more we can have these conversations, the more it will help the entrepreneur, who, whether that person is a year in or starting or multiple years in, to alleviate that pressure and criticism that they're putting on themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really important. And I love that you talk about money. This is something I think that we need to take the emotion out of. So I've seen you post multiple times about where you're at in your business. I think you said 450K, 350K. Yeah. So in the last, so as of August 1st, because then the next pivot came where I was asked on a date last July, if you could do anything in the world, money wasn't an option. You had all the money in the world. What would you do? And I'm like, business coach. And then I went, he goes, why are you swearing? I go, because I'm like low-key business coach. I've oh, yeah. A business coach for since 2021. I've been helping a ton of people. I make more money as a business coach than I do relationship coaching. And I'll be honest with you, I think part of it was because I wasn't advertising it. Mm-hmm. So the pressure was off. If I made it, it was just additional income. I didn't really care because all my social media was just real focused on relationship stuff. And yeah, now I haven't checked. I haven't checked recently, but as of August, I think of July of this year, like it was it, the total amount that my business has made since inception. And I like to be honest about that. Since inception mm-hmm. is around four fifty, four and 60000 And but that's not to say that I don't have debt. I actually have quite a bit of debt. And I didn't have debt when I started my business. I was one of those people that passed, had gifted me $10,000 to pay off the rest of my student loans. So I came into business debt-free. And I know that's a big thing for people. Like People often think they need to be debt-free in order to then get into business. But that wasn't the case for me. It was just a goal I had. And somebody said, it's just going to feel like a Tuesday like when you... It's just going to feel like a regular day. And so when I paid off my debt, it just so happened to be a Tuesday. So I called him and I was like, he's like so how do you feel? And I was like, do you remember This is so stupid. It feels like a Tuesday. And he's like, yeah. I'm like, it's a huge milestone. I just paid off a shit ton of debt. And then what ended up transpiring over that period of time, as you know, right? COVID happened. Lost my job. Went on medical leave. 
ended up like getting part-time jobs and having like unemployment come through. COVID came, was able to get an EIDL loan, which is like emergency disaster relief. And then I really started valuing education. I was like, I want to learn everything I can about being a business owner, masculine and feminine energy, trauma-informed, addiction, business coaching. I dumped a ton of cash. Ton. Like I took money from my retirement because I was like, I, this is my career. I have never been more certain and more confident in my entire life that I am meant to do this. And that also brings a lot of shame that I've had to work through. But friends of mine have said to me, they're like, hey, you literally took money that you invested like people take to, they take money from their retirement and buy houses. So why can't you build it? Absolutely. I was like, sure. Yeah. I want it like that. And I do love talking about money because I think there is the perception of, oh, she has 450000 No, I have a negative net worth right now because I got, like I said, I got so stressed out and contracted E. coli, a parasite, candida, SIBO, C. diff. Like people don't even contract C. diff if they're not in the hospital. Have mm. Contract C. diff. Like somebody said, <laughs> nutritionist said that to me the other day. She's like, how in the, did you contract C. diff? Were you in a hospital? I was like, no, I contracted it three times. And she was like, how? I'm like, we still don't know. Oh, man. I, and this is another thing that I talk about, and I think it's super important. Get good insurance. Oh, hell yes. I pulled the dice the first day, first year. I was like, I don't need insurance. Paid a little fee. The fee was a little less expensive than having insurance for the whole year. No big deal. But you bet your ass, you're chewing your three team, and I got super, super sick. And I now realize that it was stress induced. Yeah. So, come your big deal. I was like, we're going to go for more health insurance because I can't do this. Because I'm into like health and wellness and I value it very much. But yeah, I think it's important to talk about it because, and talk about the debt because, yeah, I was. Last thing I'll say about it is I was reading this book called We Should All Be Millionaires. Have you read this yet? It's oh. by Rachel Rock. I'm writing this down. I love a good back book Maybe recommendation. It is life changing. And in all in the book, we should all be millionaires. Rachel talks about that when it comes to debt, the way to spin it is to talk about that you value certain things. So, like I value education. I value my business. I value travel, and I value health and wellness. Because without health and wellness. I don't have any of the other things. Exactly. But she was like, it's a really great way to reframe it. If you're ever in a place where you're trying to find your purpose, you're trying to grow your business, and you're looking at the financials going, oh, my God, I have this debt. Or, oh, my God, I'm not making enough money. And it's but that's okay because you've been spending it on things that you really value. And I felt like that was a big aha moment I had two weeks ago. So if that helps anyone, I think that'll help a lot of a lot yeah. of people. For sure. It's taking this emotion out of money. It doesn't make you a good person if you have a lot and a bad person if you don't have a lot. We have to take this. It's difficult, I know. And the way we grew up plays a huge role, as you were saying that earlier. But it's debt is you invested the money or you spent the money or you had great experiences. And then if you are an entrepreneur, we're not limited to the amount of money that we can make. We're just not. And that was the biggest takeaway from the book. I'm glad you said that because she talked about that our earning our potential right now as she specifically works with female entrepreneurs 
She works with people who are in minorities or disadvantaged communities. And she talks about the fact that like our potential is our earning potential. That's what we can control right now. We can't control, and she gives a statistic that white women make, I think, 72 cents on the dollar. Women of color make 62 cents on something bullshit. Come on. The stats that she brings up, you're like, you're appalled as you're reading this, but then you realize because she reinforces it, but you have control to make more money. That's your that's your potential. And I was like, okay, let's go. <laughs> okay, let's, I love that so much. I love that. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I have debt sometimes and sometimes I don't. <laughs> it's what am I investing in right now? Do I have credit cards? Yeah. Do they have balances? Sometimes not. It's, and like you said, I love that you said it's going to feel like a Tuesday because I think we are like raised to feel like the minute you pay off your house or you pay off your car, like it's this huge celebration. No, it isn't. <laughs> No, it isn't. But it's, 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 you know, just moved, yeah, you've just moved money from one place to another. That's all you've done. Which is how many people? Great. And how many people do you know who have moved money? Like you said, who paid off their mortgage or paid off their car loan? But then you hear them like a week later being like, "Shit, I'm stressed. I don't have a lot of money in my savings." Exactly. Like, it's not going to bring you stress anymore. So it's what. It's all fluid. Money is just floating around and we're just moving it from one place to another. That's it. It's not, we put so much emotion into this object. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I literally, I was really motivated by Amanda Francis. Like we talked about Rachel Rogers, that book. There's quite a few stat that are just like stacked around my house. And I just started to pull all these resources from these various books and create a class called Made of Money. And I was talking about the biggest thing that every single book talks about. Every single money expert talks about what you just said, which is it's our thoughts about money. It's how do we be more nonchalant about it? How do we just neutralize it? How do we, what do we think about it? How do we feel about it? Because that's what's going to inspire the action that we take. Yeah. So if you remember that your brain is, and I think they were like, it's plastic. You can literally... There, you can move it and shape it. And they're like, so you can do that with your thoughts. And I remember hearing that years ago and being like, I don't, that doesn't feel true. <laughs> but then I started just manifesting a lot of shit. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay, this is true. And my best friend called the other day and she's, what are you doing? And I was like, she's like, where have you been? And like, she's joking with me, but she got a little sash. Like, where have you been? I've been trying to walk with you for at least two weeks. Where have you been? And I was like, girl, I'm making up money. Because that's how we Girl, I've been making up money. And she goes, what are you doing? I was like, I'm trying to make $10,000 in 10 days. She goes, how much money do you have? I go, zero dollars. It's been 48 hours. <laughs> plenty of time. Plenty of time. She goes, oh, shit. Man, that's that shit back. <laughs> I will. I was like, but I got off the phone with you and stopped walking for a week. I was like, I can still walk. We're still doing stuff. It's just our schedules are aligning. But that's the other big thing is like having supportive people around you. You can just love that. My friends and I can talk so openly about money. Do you find this that like the more open you are about money, the more you're surrounding yourself with people who are willing to have conversations about, oh, I paid cash for this or. Absolutely. Hell yeah. Yeah. yeah it's great. And I have a girlfriend who's like, I'm buying a house. I'm like, fantastic. And she's, I'm going to you know, put a, a line of credit on my mother-in-law's house. And that's where part of my down is coming from. The other part's coming from my 401k. I'm going to invest in this house and I'm really pumped about it. And there's no motion. There's no shame around borrowing off her mother-in-law's house or retirement. There shouldn't be any shame about it. And you, you see a lot of people that are, my husband's a 
commercial real estate investor. So I've met a lot of people in my life who don't have this emotional connection to money. They borrow money from people all the time. They've got hard money loans from private investors and they've got VC money and they're just moving money around all the time, but they're moving money to places that will make more money. Not just, I'm going to pay off my credit card and have nothing in an investment account. Like that makes zero sense. Mm -hmm. Have a little debt and then have some money that's invested that's growing. You know what I mean? So I love just taking the emotion out of it. Let's just talk about money just without emotion. Let's just do that. It's so empowering and women need more of this. Oh, 100%. Because I think so men have a lot of emotion around money. Well, I don't they, know they, they don't have a lot of emotion around other stuff. I've literally heard men say this. You women, you're just so much more emotional than I are. And we are. And you're so good at talking about things that we're not. And it's true. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> not. It's true. And the I, I think men do a really nice job at taking the emotion out of money. And the more that women can do that and realize that it's not selfish, it has definitely been an area of focus for me, for sure. Yeah. And that's why people need coaches. They need the use of the world to help them. Because if we think about how we're raised, the the investment strategies and the talks around money are marketed to boys and men. The women and girls are not supposed to be privy to this information, which is so crazy to me. But yeah, the times are changing. <laughs> Women are making money now and a lot of it. And like, we're making a ton of it. And that's, what, and that's what's cool to see. And I love seeing like the Melanie Ann layers of the world who's making and Cassie Howard. Those are some coaches that I follow that they're just bringing in buku bucks and they're not ashamed of it. And I will say that wasn't true for me. I felt shame about, I felt like I was taking people's money. Mm-hmm. Like my coaching payment is a rent payment for someone or a mortgage mm-hmm. payment. And now it's like, that is, I remember hearing my coach say, that's none of your business. Exactly. Oh, this gave me chills. And I was like, what do you mean that's not my business? It's my, (laughs) it's none of your business where they're getting their money from. She was like, you're not controlling them. You're not manipulating them. You are saying that you have this goal or you have this problem. I've also done this thing. I went from here to here. I'm happy to help you. And that was another thing that was pretty tricky for me is I had a really hard time writing. I couldn't understand when coaches would say they have to t- walk them through from getting to here. And I'm like, okay, be more specific. What is here and what is here? <laughs> and now I understand what they're talking about. It's like, oh, I have a specific problem that I went through. Maybe it's the grief of losing people I loved in such a short period of time. And now I don't feel that way anymore. Can I talk? Can I tell you how I got from here to here? And it's like, when you also take the emotion out of that, it's pretty selfless. Yeah. It's really, it feels very purposeful and very passionate. And like, I feel very fulfilled. A lot of people say that now. Do they say to you like, you must feel so fulfilled in what you do? Oh, yeah. And I do every day. Every day. I haven't had a nine to five, a real job, if you will, for 13 years. That's incredible. I never will. Have you done your business, this business full-time for 13 years? Did you do odd and end jobs outside of that to try to keep things going? I did. I had, I think the first year, maybe I was going through a divorce at the time. So financially, I had a lot of stuff happening. So I I did. But when I first started, and I think this is important for people to hear too, like you said, like I, I didn't have clarity on what I was doing. I just went to some bars and restaurants and gyms here in Santa Barbara and said I manage social media for businesses, which was not a complete true statement. <laughs> like that time I told the bartender that I was a bartender and then he asked me, 
call Kazina. Like, oh, we don't to make her go and get rubbing coat. Right, rubbing coat. And they do lie and say you're not working out. Wait, I did. I totally worked Yeah, because we could learn. I loved social media, though. I knew that. And as long as you have a skill set that you love and you're willing to learn, I wanted to learn all the things about Facebook marketing. Instagram wasn't really a thing yet, but I just loved it so much. Hmm. And that's what I sold to people. Whatever you need, I will learn how to do it. And as the social media stuff developed, that's where I stayed. I did have, I think, one or two part-time jobs along the way. But it wasn't until I hired a coach in year three, I think, that I started making money. It's That was true for me when I hired Ashley Gordon, who is funny that we both know too. (laughs) I made my money back within, I mean, three grand, three months. So I want to say I made more than half my money back in investing with her in a short period of time. And yeah, it was because she really showed me a shortcut. And now I realize that when you see those posts on Instagram where people are like, oh, I hired this coach and then all this amazing shit happened. They're not lying. No, they're not at all. To everyone listening to this is not bullshit. (laughs) I can't tell you how many times people have, I used to do consults with people for free or do an hour coaching call for free just to see if we could, how we felt and if they wanted to choose me. That was a big thing. Oh, yeah. That is not how I feel anymore. Yeah. This is a mutual agreement between the three of us. If I am feeling it too, like then we can go for it. And I just remember being like, oh my God, no, I feel so much better. I don't want to coach with you. (laughs) I I, double it. Wait, you realize you feel so much better because you coached through it. But you don't want to go to me long term. And they're like, no, because I feel better. And I'm like, okay, that makes no sense. But okay. yeah, it was so cute. I can't tell you how many times people would say that. I was like, that's <laughs> also so disheartening. I'm not going to be charging. I'm going to be charging for coaching sessions going forward. Absolutely. I think that's something that we all do when we're first starting out. We do a lot of things that are well-intentioned or that, that someone told you to do or you saw on the internet or whatever. But I think, yeah, I did that too. <laughs> I we're like, yeah, we did that. <laughs> I remember being exhausted too afterwards, like all the conversations, because coaching is hard from a coach's perspective. Anyone listening who is a coach, like I have these hour calls, and then I had to relax for thirty minutes to an hour because you pour your heart and soul into your clients. It's it's a lot. It's a lot of talking. It's a lot of energy. It's a lot of excitement because we're in it with you. And it's just a lot of fun. So yeah. even holding emotion for people when they're yes. scared and then there's sadness or yes. feelings that they're experiencing. Yeah, it's it can be emotionally really draining. And that was another thing I had to learn. I think I learned that like year three, how to protect your energy. So when you go into coaching calls, what are some things you can do? Washing your hands or burning sage or palisanto. What are the, what can you take a nap after the call? What are things you can do to recharge? That has really helped. It's, I stopped getting headaches as a result of coaching. Oh, perfecting my energy. So when I coached, I afterwards wasn't getting headaches. Smart. I love that. That's really smart. I do want to talk about your two offers that we mentioned before we hit record here because I'm excited yeah. to hear about them myself. So let's talk about, we've been talking about money. Let's talk about money makers. Yeah. So money makers is a class that I put together because a lot of people, when they're first thinking about starting a business, they have no idea how to even start a business. No idea. They're like, how do I pick a best business idea? How do I even set it? What's an offer? How do I set it up? How do I price it? How do I make money in my sleep? So think about it as all the steps you need to take in order to make money before you get a client. Because some advice from some coaches will be, oh, just go out and get clients. And it's, no, you have to actually have everything set up legally. Oh, yeah, A lot of liability. 
you need a bank account. There's certain things. So money makers teaches you all the steps you need to take in order to make money in a successful online business. I specifically market to coaches, but I would say I have dance studios, Botox people, nurses, they're all over the place. So there's that. And that is a live class. You can either join the, you can get it, do it yourself, and you can just go through the videos yourself and it teaches you literally everything that you need. But there's also a live version where it's $99 US for a month and you can come in every two weeks and you can literally get your business set up live with me and you're going to be asking questions and meet other entrepreneurs. It's a really great way to get clients actually because you start sharing your ideas with the other business owners that are there and they're like, wait a minute, I need that or oh, my best friend needs that. And I can't tell you how many times I've run groups like this where people end up just hiring each other because oh yeah oh yeah oh your business is so well yeah. yeah so that's money makers that happens you'll have the link so i'll give that to you but you can sign up or you can head on over to support at katiegrimes.com and we can send it to you as well perfect i love this yeah that's a great point uh, i've hired people that i've been in masterminds with it, it's so great to be in group programs the community aspect is really important for oh it really is growth. yeah and i think Talking about business growth, true. I think the next phase, this was the other offer I was mentioning, is like it, it's called Insta Success. And I've got a double entendre, if you would, because I think we all anticipate that we're going to have instant success. But also, when it comes to Instagram, there is a way that you can write that is relatable to people. And with Insta Success, it's a live class that you can come into again every two weeks. You get access to money makers, which is nice. You actually get four classes instead of two live and you can give feedback on the post. So then that way you can get clients because they talk about how the power of social media, there are millions and millions of people on and it doesn't necessarily have to be all fancy and whatnot, but I'm spent quite a bit of time and money learning how to write. And I thought I was a good writer. Like I just had a client, she's so cute. We were doing this right before I recorded with you and she was valedictorian of class and she's like, hi oh, Katie, I feel like I just wrote a C paper. When I thought it was an A, because we were editing her post, and I said, oh, no, but I would call this a B. And she's like, yeah, B for bullshit, because <laughs> like, here I was, I go, the bones are there. We just have to have a strong attention-grabbing sentence. You don't want to, because I think her first sentence was something like kind of commanding. It was like, if you don't talk about money with your partner, then you could be self-sabotaging your relationship. And then I was like, that's not really going to grab my attention. But what would is if you said money almost ruined my marriage. Exactly. Oh. Okay. Excuse me. Hold on. Let me. <laughs> money almost ruined your marriage. And then we wrote it out from there and took everything. So it's a lot of editing and just she had a word in there. She was like, yeah, I had this fear. And then I had awareness. And I was like, okay. Fear of what? Instead of the word awareness. What was the aha moment? Like, how would you say it as a regular person, two girls just having chit chat? I was like, coaches these days are talking about transformations and awareness and empowerment. And it's what the fuck does that even mean? <laughs> let's get real. I know. Let's just say what it is, which is like, my relationship to money sucks. I overspent out of fear. And now, you know, I realize I don't have to do it on my own. And this is what I learned. And I observed it. And she, we did. He's told the whole story of how she observed her parents and like, so Insta Success is really like taking posts that you're writing, sales pages, 
websites, et cetera, and making it really easy to get clients, really easy for people out there in the world to go, she's got, she had the problem, I have that problem. Oh my God, I've literally said that exact same thing. So we're using a lot of clients' language or people's languages and the words that they're using in their posts. And so I don't know of another class that's out there right now that's doing that, which is teaching people how to write and giving them feedback on their writing. So I thought that was really important for me to do that. Love, love it. What a great resource for people. I'm excited to share it. Thanks. It was a tough one for me to learn. So I figured let's make it a little easier for people. (laughs) I love that. I love me a shortcut, a tool, a resource. I'm here for all of that. Right. So excited. And what is the, where's the best place for people to find you online? Yeah, there's two places. One is my Instagram, kg.katiegrunz. I am there all the time. And then my podcast, Anything for Love. Love, awesome. resources around relationship, building a business, et cetera. Awesome. I love this conversation, Katie, and I appreciate you taking the time to chat with me. So nice. I love that we get to talk in real life. I don't know what I love said him on the gram. I don't even on Instagram anymore. It's like so many neutral people. And I'm just so grateful that you have this platform and that we can have these really honest conversations with people. So thank you for having me on and, and asking some really great questions because I feel like it's so relatable to people. This is on ours. Yeah. It's important for listeners here who might be in the beginning of building a business. You're not alone. Whatever you're doing is the correct thing. You're, it's a tricky journey, but we're all in it together and we've got lots of tools to share. So we're here. Absolutely. All right, my dear. Thank you so much for being here. And thank you all for listening to this episode of Tech Champagne. And I will see you next week. Bye. Thank you for spending your time with me today. I hope this episode brought you exactly what you needed. If you had fun today, be sure to hit the subscribe button or leave me a review. Your support means the world to me and it helps other women entrepreneurs find the show as well. And if you're looking for a free place to connect and learn more about creating your own six-figure online business, check out my Facebook group, Empowered Entrepreneurs. See you on the next episode.